Now, it's a stunning claim that we are God's children is possible only, as 1 John 3 points out, because of the love of God. God created human beings to live under his rule as his children, but we are no longer by nature children of God because of our sin, both the inherited sin common to all human beings and our own sinful acts. By nature, we are not children. We are rather blind, dead, and enemies of God. God's word convicts us of enmity toward him, and our own observation bears out that terrifying verdict. Yet by the grace of God, because of the love of God, we are God's children now. In Christ, we have become naturalized citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Last week, I read that for security purposes, changes are being made to the naturalization certificate that's given to newly made U.S. citizens. Reading that, I realized I have no idea what that certificate looks like. That in spite of the fact that my mother-in-law is a naturalized citizen, I've never seen one of these certificates. So I did some research, and I found out there really isn't much to them. You have a picture of the citizen, the name, and a little bit of text that seems to be mostly about agreeing to reside in the United States as required. Then I thought, if there were a naturalization certificate for newly made citizens of the kingdom of heaven, it might look a lot like Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. Imagine with me that certificate for just a moment. If you were to have one of these, and you do, it would identify you as poor in spirit, mourning, meek, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, a peacemaker, persecuted. Some things on that list might seem more attractive than others, and that, at least in part, is the point. Those who follow Jesus are out of step with the mass of sinful humanity. Their attitudes and values and longings have been reoriented by Christ. All of these characteristics I just listed based on Matthew 5 reflect a desire for the kingdom of God. They are not, no matter how often people have tried to read them this way, any sort of recipe for a successful life in this world. Those verses, as you probably know, begin what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And it's important to notice how that discourse begins, that Jesus sits down and his disciples come to him. His disciples are the ones who come to hear him. And so, with the words we call the Beatitudes, Jesus invites his disciples to sit and listen to his word. Because you follow me, he says, this is who you are. And because the disciples heard Jesus' call, followed him, and trusted in him, he speaks the word blessed over their desire for God's kingdom. Through faith in him, they will see and know and live what they have desired. 
So if we were to imagine once again that naturalization certificate for citizens of the kingdom of heaven, the word blessed would need to be there in large type over everything else. For that is the word Jesus uses for his followers. With blessing, he invited all the saints who have gone before us to listen to his voice. With blessing, he invites us too into his teaching. Because of God's love for you in Christ, because you have died and risen with Christ, you are blessed. Jesus has called you, and you now sit in front of him as he himself teaches you everything that is necessary for life in the kingdom. Note well what it is that Jesus teaches immediately following the Beatitudes. You will be persecuted. For us, sitting here this morning, that may not take the form of violent and overt persecution as it does for so many Christians around the world. But more and more in our society, Christians are viewed as quaint relics of a bygone era, as somehow abnormal and out of step with the times. Some even view Christians as dangerous. What does Jesus teach about our response when persecution comes? Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If and when you are persecuted, you find yourselves in good, in good company. You're one with the prophets and the apostles and all the rest who have confessed the name of Jesus Christ. You find yourself in the body of Christ with all the saints, both living and departed. And we will sing about precisely this in a verse from For All the Saints. O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine. Yet all are one in thee, for all are thine. Alleluia, alleluia. Amen.